Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow. Grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Not a problem with this show. I'm O'Kelly in for John and Ken on this Independence Day. And I, like you, woke up thinking today was going to go one way, and then all of a sudden it went another way. And I think that's the hardest thing about doing this job. The hardest thing is thinking you're going to come in and talk about one thing, and then all of a sudden the news takes you in a completely different direction. I often think that holidays tend to be the least newsworthy days in which there is the least to talk about. There is the least going on. And then that can change to the drop of the hat. And then when I got going today and I heard the news about the shooting in Illinois, Highland Park, and if you don't know that area, it's not Chicago. It really isn't. It's a good 25 to 30 miles north of Chicago. Calling Highland Park Chicago is like calling Pomona Los Angeles. They're not close in physical proximity, and they're not close as far as the feel of the cities. But when I got the news of the shooting in Highland Park, I thought about a number of things. I thought about, "Mm, this was always in the back of my mind. I was hoping that nothing bad would happen in America on America's birthday, if only because we had been trending in such a negative direction for the past few weeks, for the past few months, more than a year we had been escalating in our rhetoric. We had been escalating a number of mass shootings in the situations we found ourselves in as Americans. I was hoping that today would be a respite, that today would be different from what we had been experiencing in recent months. And unfortunately, we got more of the same. And then I thought about this in a post-9-11 world. 
if you remember, just say you were in Los Angeles. If you were in Los Angeles, you saw what was happening in New York, and you didn't necessarily know if it began and ended with New York. And as it turned out, it didn't. There were other planes which were taken down in Washington, D.C., and also Shanksville, Pennsylvania. And you didn't know if this, the, what was the first attack, was going to be something bigger, something broader, more sinister, and comprehensive in nature. And that was my concern. I'm not saying it was yours, but that's what was on my mind at that time. Because when I heard about the shooting, it obviously wasn't random in the sense of today someone just woke up and decided to do it. There was planning involved in that regard. It may have been random as far as who this unidentified shooter at this point, who is still on the loose that law enforcement or law enforcement is still looking for. It was um, random in the sense of who it seemed he was shooting. That remains to be seen, but they haven't necessarily connected a particular motive, at least on the surface. But we didn't know if it was going to begin and end with that single event in that single city all around America. That was on my mind, and I was trying to process where we were and where we are as a nation. And if I um, have been told correctly, there's supposed to be another news conference coming up in the next 10, 15 minutes or so, and KFI will cover that for you so we can make sure that you have the latest information possible. But we all, I assume, woke up this morning thinking our day was going to go one way, and it took us in another direction. But working in radio, you have to somehow do this dance. You have to either be aware of the news, report on the news, give analysis to the news. And sometimes it's happening so fast, you don't have time to emotionally contextualize it. I don't know what to make of this moment in America. I really don't. I don't know if this is just one a-hole, one person on one day, or is this something more? I don't necessarily know where we're going. And it's a, a feeling of hopelessness and a feeling of helplessness on some level. Even though I love this country and I love what this country has become over the years, the improvements, the changes which have been made, I don't necessarily know what's in front of us at this moment. I've never seen anything like this before in our nation's history, not even from what I've read, it just seems like we're moving in the wrong direction. And I'm not talking about politically. I'm just talking about as people, as we relate to one another, as we look upon one another. We don't look upon each other as Americans. We can go back and forth as far as why that is, and I'm not even going to get into any of that today. I don't think those opinions are even appropriate on a day like today. But I know that we're here. And I know that it saddens me that we are here. I know it's not what I wanted to come on and talk about today, talking about a mass shooting at a 4th of July parade. And some six people at this point we know of are dead at this point. Many more are in the hospital. And I wonder, what, what do you say to that? We can give you the information, but how do we really talk about it? How do we have an honest conversation about this level of anger and vitriol in this country at this moment? 
I've never experienced anything like this in America. Yeah, there were times which were contentious in nature. We can look through history and look at other times in which Americans were angry at each other. But this is a different type of anger. This is Americans turning on Americans in a way that I don't know if history can do justice right now. And it breaks my heart. This is supposed to be the day in which Americans hopefully could come together, hopefully could express a greater love and understanding and tolerance for one another. This is not only symbolic. It's symbolic in the sense of celebrating how this country began, celebrating freedom, celebrating in a way the, the sacrifices of soldiers past and present to give us this freedom and maintain our freedom as a nation, as citizens. But it's also substantive because it's an ongoing battle. It's something that we have to think about and wrestle with every single day. But as we talk about granting ourselves freedom, we have to have a more earnest and honest conversation about the issues which are going on in the country. And that's not for today. I promise you that. That is not for today. But those are the things that I got to think about. And I think you have to think about. Because this is not going to just end with what happened today. Because what happened today can happen later today, can happen tomorrow, and the day after that. Of course, this person chose the 4th of July to make a specific and particular statement. I don't know what that is. I really don't know. I would call it domestic terrorism because obviously you're trying to make a political point on some level. You're trying to inspire fear. You are trying to send a message to either a group of people or a nation, as it were. I don't know what to make of it. And sometimes I just want to throw up my hands because it seems like we can't do anything about it. This is not about a gun debate. This is not about laws. This is about who we are fundamentally as people. And we seemingly increasingly have lost our humanity and capacity to live with one another on any level. And I know that sounds almost hyperbolic in nature, but that's what it seems like. That's what it feels like at this point. It feels like we are rejecting each other as people, as Americans, even on the day in which we should be able to come together rather easily. The 4th of July should be easy. It really should be easy. It is a day of food, family, fireworks, and fun for the most part. And then reality has gotten in the way. And then America goes America on America on America's birthday, if that makes any sense. So everything I was going to say, I don't know, maybe I'll get back to it eventually there is a press conference giving the latest on the shooting, the latest status of the victims, those who are in the hospital, and also the latest on the manhunt of this guy, 18 to 20 years old. But at this point, all we can do is wait. We won't know what the motivation is. We won't know why this has happened. I don't care about the, the weapon which was used or the magazine size. I don't care about any of that. That's for you to debate. I'm just sad right now. I'm sad at where this country is going and what it has become. And I think it is emblematic that this has happened on the 4th of July to highlight the problems, the things that we're struggling with as a nation. 
This is the John and Ken Show. I'm Mo Kelly in for John and Ken. KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. John and Ken Show. Mo Kelly in for John and Ken on this Independence Day. KFI AM640, we're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And just to catch you up, if you have not been listening, if you're not aware, the search is ongoing for this mass shooter who took to a rooftop to open fire on a 4th of July parade in Highland Park, which is about 25 miles north of Chicago. And if you take it from just that standpoint, someone who was on the rooftop, that suggests reasonably so that there was a degree of planning involved. This person probably staked out uh, the path probably weeks before, if not months before. And if we want to look at what was done and how it was done to have that overwatch position, that vantage point, it makes it very difficult to combat against it or even just protect yourself. If bullets are raining down, you don't necessarily know which way to run or which way to go. And I think everyone is shaken up to a certain degree. I would be. And I think it's fair to be concerned that just because it happened in Chicago, when I say Chicago, again, it's Highland Park. That's just as a reference point. Even though at this point it has only been connected to that Chicago area, it's reasonable to be concerned about celebrations all around the country, all around the country, if only because a degree of planning went into that event, which was not spontaneous in nature. A reasonable question is if there's anything else which may be planned in other places around the country. And this is just an anecdotal conversation I had. And I don't want to give this person's identification away because I don't know if he wanted me to share it on the radio. But I have a a friend who semi-recently retired from the FBI. And he was a sharpshooter for the FBI, and he would have to do events just like these where he would, they would scan and, and, and look over these parade routes and different celebrations and obviously monitor online chatter to see if there was anything which may happen or if there was any indication that something was being planned to happen. And I was asking him, I said, hey, how many, many threats or how often do these things happen that the general public just doesn't know about? And he was saying, well, you would be shocked and honestly frightful at the amount of threats that are credible in nature that the FBI and other law enforcement agencies have to follow up on on a consistent and a continual basis. And I asked him, I said, well, are we getting lucky or are we good at this? And he says, there is not when I was, he said, when I was working at the bureau, he said, there was not a night that I would sleep well before a holiday or a major event because we were always fearful. We as in the bureau was fearful that we might've missed something or someone got smart enough, air quotes, smart enough to not let anyone know what he was planning to do. So there were always sleepless nights for federal um, agents the night before holidays, especially the 4th of July. And I, and I thought about that conversation immediately when the events of Highland Park were announced on uh, media and social media today. And I think about that on a consistent basis more generally. As we have these problems, American to American, we on some level think the election was stolen or we think that that needs to be prosecuted regardless of your political persuasion and affiliation. We're angry with each other in a way that I've just not seen before. 
and it's becoming more and more violent. I'm not trying to speak it into existence. I think we're there at this point. I think it's fair to say that we are there. Hopefully we can turn down the temperature. Hopefully that this is the last one, at least for a while. We can't control human nature. We can't control free will. We can't control criminals, but we can make it either less likely or more difficult for these events to happen. And I was hoping against hope. I was speaking to my wife when I woke up this morning and she was saying, so what are you going to talk about today? I said, well, it's the 4th of July. There's usually not too much going on. We may talk about holiday travel or, you know, the cost of gas or places to watch fireworks show. It's almost like paint by numbers in radio when you do a holiday show, because there's usually not much to talk about in terms of the news. And then all of a sudden something like Highland Park happens and it just changes everything. And then I went back, I'm broadcasting from my home studio today, and I went back downstairs not too long ago, and I, and I said to my wife, it's like, you know that conversation we had earlier? Well, just go ahead and throw that out the window because this is hopefully the exception which proves the rule. But you never know what's going to happen in this country these days. I just do know that the temperature is getting hotter and hotter, and maybe this shooting was in the service of that, in other words, to promote a higher degree of tension and violence in this country. I don't know. It wouldn't be the first time that that's happened or that motivation was used to uh, to complicate the situation and make it worse. We don't know. We're presently waiting on, hopefully, a press conference. I'm being told it could start in the near future. We don't know. These things are very fluid. So we're at the mercy of law enforcement agencies in Illinois. When they begin, then we'll have it here for you on KFI, and hopefully we'll have a bit more information as it's an, not only an ongoing invest, investigation, it's an ongoing manhunt as they're looking for this in, individual. So I'm quite sure um, updating the public is probably not going to be the priority because not only does it impact uh, resources which are made available for the investigation, you don't want to let out any information which may unintentionally aid the person Hey, Mo, I'm sorry to cut you off, but we've got the press conference live right now from Let's go to Chicago. Our sure system. Sure. Uh, so for those of you who didn't hear, just a, a brief rundown of uh, what occurred today here at Highland Park Hospital. Uh, shortly after the events that occurred in downtown Highland Park, uh, our team here at Highland Park Hospital was notified of multiple victims that were involved in a mass shooting or casualty event. Uh, our team very quickly activated one of our internal messaging codes called Code Yellow, which is for mass casualty and trauma response, uh, to mobilize our surgical teams to bring in other resources. And within a very short amount of time, started to receive a number of ambulances from the emergency medical services system. Uh, we received in total about 26 total patients, 10 of which were transported by ambulance. Uh, during that time, in a very short amount of time, uh, we had nearly 20 additional physicians and more than 20 additional nursing and support staff here in our emergency department, as well as in other areas of the hospital to help take care of the patients that were brought in. And uh, all of those uh, individuals came as a result of following our protocols. We also 
uh, put in a extra safety or security protocol where we lock down the hospital. Hence why we're meeting out here in the uh, parking lot as we continue to try to maintain a very safe environment in our hospital for our patients and our staff. So of the 26 individuals that showed up here at Highland Park Hospital, 25 of those did sustain gunshot wound injuries. Uh, some of them were minor, some of them were, were much more severe, and some of those patients were in critical condition when they did arrive here to the hospital. Any commonality between the gunshot injuries? Were they all different parts of the body? They were all different parts of the body, extremities as well as other more central parts of the body as well. Do you have any specific number on what conditions those 25 are in? Yeah, so of the 25 who came in with gunshot wounds, 19 of those individuals were able to be treated and actually discharged home after they had had their full medical evaluation and treatment. Uh, several others did arrive in more serious conditions and did have to be admitted. We had one uh, that had to be transferred over to Evanston Hospital under the care of our great neurosurgical team. Uh, we had a couple of other patients that need to be admitted to either our trauma surgical team, uh, which are represented here, as well as to some of our orthopedic trauma surgeons. Doctor, could you give us a age range? Absolutely. So uh, the age range ranged from about eight years old was our youngest patient uh, up to 85 years old. Uh, I can't give you a specific number on the number of children, but it was definitely around four or five. What happens in an emergency room when you get that many gunshot victims coming in at once? Well, we immediately have to make space for all these patients to come in, and, and hence why I commented before how we use some internal processes to mobilize resources. Our wonderful surgical and trauma staff were immediately alerted through emergency uh, messaging that we had a number of patients that were going to need emergency medical services and their evaluation. Uh, on top of that, many other emergency physicians, pediatricians, internists, surgeons, trauma surgeons, anesthesiologists, and others were also notified and mobilized to help take care of the number of patients that were coming in. Your staff looks poor shaken up. Well, I think, listen, there's been a, a lot of different events that have happened in the United States, and, and this obviously now has hit very close to home. It is a little surreal to have to take care of an event such as this, but all of us have gone through extensive training. We go through uh, a number of different uh programs, training, we have, we practice for, for these events, even though we hope they never happen. And so I think our team very admirably handled the situation today. Of course, we provide services that include social work and we have others involved that our team, as well as our patients, will have a chance to talk to therapists and counselors to debrief after something that is uh, so traumatic. And Doctor, if anyone has a loved one in the hospital, they need to know or families all been so families have all had the opportunity to actually come into the hospital and wait. Uh, we had liaisons working with those uh, family members and all of those family members have been reunited with the patients that were here and treated at our North Shore hospitals. Anybody from the nursing staff that perhaps might want to talk to us? Does anybody from the nursing staff want to talk? Come on up. So this is Barb Croak. Uh, she's one of our uh, emergency medicine nurses. She also does a number of administrative roles here at North Shore and has a wealth of experience. Good 
Good like, afternoon. Tell us what it was like for the nurses here today. So um, we have an amazing team of nurses who every day give 1,000% of their time and talent to their profession. Uh, they uh, all immediately go into emergency mode and they are, all, they are trained in trauma and pediatric care as well. They have extensive training. They are amazing people. Uh, they showed their proof in COVID and now with this absolutely upsetting and tragic mass shooting, they, were the, they came to the call to duty. They were fantastic. Um, multiple nurses taking care of one patient at a time because there's family members, emotional support is needed, advanced trauma care, advanced emergency care, EMS personnel. So um, amazing squad of nurses, very proud of them. Uh, I'm very, very thrilled to call them my colleagues. Yes. We've been listening to an update from doctors at the hospital treating most of the victims from today's shooting. And press conference on the shooting in Highland Park. And if you didn't catch all of that, there wasn't really anything on uh, the actual manhunt, the ongoing investigation that didn't necessarily surprise me and it shouldn't have surprised you. But we got more information about the victims who were admitted to the hospital. You might have heard in earlier reports that more than 20 people had been admitted to the hospital with varying ranges of injuries. The good news, if I can put it in that context, the good news is that most of those who were admitted have been dismissed and released from the hospital. 19 were treated and discharged from the hospital. One was transferred to Evanston Hospital and a few were admitted for trauma care. In terms of ages, the victims uh, ranged in age as you would suspect for a 4th of July parade to run the gamut, and this was the case here. Victims ranged in age from 8 to 85. So although it seemed much more dire in the sense of the numbers of people who were originally admitted to the hospital with varying forms of injuries, most of them are already out of the hospital and have been discharged. If there's any good news that I can report, it would be that. So they're not going to give us anything on the manhunt at this point. We have to assume and rightfully assume that it is ongoing and there is not someone in custody or at least they're not ready to uh, release that information. Here are some things that I would be thinking about given what they're not telling us. I'm quite sure they're scouring at least uh, the people who were on the scene to see if there's any type of uh, cell phone, smartphone video. I've seen some appear on social media. So I'm quite sure law enforcement is trying to cobble all that together to get some sort of information beyond just a general description to see either um, where he came from or where he went upon leaving the roof. And from there, I'm quite sure since it was in a in a public area, there are probably street cams and building cams, which may offer some sort of information or vantage point or even traffic light cams. I'm not exactly sure. I'm not familiar with that particular portion of the route, but I, I'm I'm pretty sure that there are probably uh, means, uh, means and modes of way of being able to uh, ascertain who was where and at what point and probably get different angles of the shooting. From here, it's going to be a waiting game. And I know no one wants to hear that. It's going to be a waiting game. We're not going to be sure what is going to happen, if they're going to be able to apprehend them, or if they know who the person is. And here's something else to remember. I, I meant to uh, say this. If and when they find out who it is, 
it doesn't mean that they're going to put out that information immediately, especially if he is not in custody, if they have a beat on where he is. Now, if they want to do an all-points bulletin on this individual and crowdsource our help as the community and social media and so forth, then maybe. But I would not be surprised if law enforcement already know who this person is and they're tracking him accordingly. And I think the president is speaking right now. Let's go to that. But that's, we're an idea. The only country based on an idea, not geography, not religion, not ethnicity, but an idea. We're all created equal. The laws are instituted among people to protect the vulnerable, to check those with power, and to guarantee the pursuit of justice. And to realize these promises, requires a principled patriotism, a patriotism that recognizes that no person, no party, no interest can take precedent over the American project. Project offers something on the shooting, some sort of perspective, but he's not doing that. I guess he's just doing the pro forma Fourth of July speech at this point. But I was saying I would not be surprised if the identity of the shooter or maybe someone has given a tip about someone who they thought might have been involved or likely to commit an act like this. And they're following up on those leads and they law enforcement would not tell us that information as of yet, if only it probably compromises if they're trying to bear down on that individual. I say all this to say that we're going to have to sit tight and we're going to have to wait and see as this evolves. It may not be a story which comes to an end on this evening we're not exactly sure when the next update is going to be so this is a story that like you we are following in many aspects and respects trying to figure out what the flow of information is going to be but i know the kfi news team is going to be on it i'll be here with you we will have the subsequent press conferences as they come in and this is something that just to go back to the very beginning of the show at the top of the hour I was talking about I don't know about you, but I thought today was going to go very differently. Okay, okay, I'm getting word that President Biden is now talking about the shooting. So sorry to do this yo-yo back and forth thing, but now we're going to go back to the president. The pandemic, vaccines are nearly available to every American. Restrictions lifted the 4th of July together again at the White House. And for all the challenges, America has the strongest economy in the world. More people working and starting businesses, more young people graduating from high school and college than ever before. I just returned from an important trip, the military will understand, to Europe, the NATO meeting. We're relying on what we can do to rally the free world to defend freedom. Before I left for Europe. Okay. We're trying to get as much information for you as possible. Sometimes we get our wires crossed in the process because... Um, I can't see the president, so someone is in my ear telling me when the president is speaking. So we want to make sure, as we were saying, we want to make sure you get all the information in a timely fashion. We just don't know when that information is going to come to you. So I would recommend that you keep it right here and you keep listening to KFI. And as we have the information, as we have the press conferences, as we know more about the shooting or the status of the victims or the status of the manhunt, then we'll pass it right along to you. And this is something we're all going to have to 
kind of deal with together. And, and what I was saying before President Biden so rudely interrupted me, not once, but twice, was that we thought today was going to go in an altogether different direction. We thought that this was just going to be, and we had every reason to believe to be, that this was going to be just a normal, whatever that means, a normal 4th of July celebration. Maybe you have friends coming over to your house today. Maybe you actually got out on the road and you're driving in your car right now listening to KFI and you're wondering what the hell is going on in our country. We have more travelers this year, I'm told, and what I've read than since 2018 and 2019, obviously before the pandemic, but those were record high years. And I guess the good news in that regard is if, we're getting back to that, then things are in a in a more national sense getting back to normal. It's it's a you know it's inch by inch. It's not these big steps. They're usually these small steps and these small indicators, letting us know that hopefully the pandemic is more in the rearview window. I mean, I'm not pushing aside the numbers that we've been hearing lately, the rising hospital numbers in Los Angeles County, but as far as how we live our day to day lives. Yes, we can get our booster. You know, yes, we can mask up if we so feel that's that's necessary. But hopefully it doesn't stop us from living our lives. I think we've done all we can do prior to this moment. Now we just have to learn how to live with the vaccine, excuse me, live with the disease and do the things which can mitigate and lessen its impact on our day to day lives. So when I got up this morning, I thought it was going to be a discussion of, you know, holiday travel, how people were going to be moving about to and from today, maybe check in with Tim Conway Jr. and see what Huntington Beach was like at, at the parade and everything. And then to have this news come down, it just turns everything and everyone around. It's like, what? And then you think about what's been going on in this country and you realize, yeah, it's not as surprising, unfortunately as maybe it would have been any other time. I'm, I'm glad, when I say I'm glad, I'm, I know that it could have been so much worse when you're talking about someone in an overwatch position shooting down into a crowd of people on a parade route when there's really no cover, literally no cover. The fact that at this point only six people were killed, and I say this very respectfully, it, it could have been so much worse, so much worse. And the fact that it wasn't, I try to find the good wherever we can. And the fact that only six people at this point were killed, I look as something positive coming out of this. It was not maximum uh, death and destruction. It could have been so much worse. And I'm thankful on this day that at least we can report that uh, the number of the death toll at this point is rather minimal given what it could have been. But again, to recapitulate, we are going to be following all the events in Highland. We may go in and out as far as press conferences. We may break away from just the discussion of the shooting for a while. But just know that between the KFI newsroom and me, uh, we will have the latest information for you. So just keep it right here and keep it on KFI. And we will get through all this together, just like every other time, unfortunately. Just we're going to have to do it together. And I guess maybe, maybe that is the real message of the 4th of July. That is, if we come together as Americans, then we can be successful in anything that we wish to do here in America. This is the John and Ken show. I'm Mo Kelly in for John and Ken. KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. John and Ken show. Mo Kelly in for John and Ken. KFI AM 640. Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Shout out to Carl 
graphics guy who hit me on Twitter. He hit me at Mr. Mo Kelly, M-R-M-O-K-E-L-L-Y. I was talking about the whole idea of what a normal Independence Day was prior to this year and what it may be going forward. And I think everyone woke up with this idea of, you know, food, family, fireworks, fun, just relatively nondescript in that nature. And then we had the, the news of the shooting, and I think it fundamentally changes how we go about the rest of this Independence Day. But he hit me on Twitter, and he sent me this clip, which I just retweeted, how even at hot dog competitive eating contests, they had a jerk get loose and try to um, commandeer the stage with a sign saying something political. I have no idea what it was. It was fleeting, but then they beat his ass down, which I'm glad they did because he wanted to you know, take over the event so he can put up his sign or whatever. But it just seems like that's where we are now. We have just lost our collective ever-loving minds. I can't tell you why that is. I won't even hazard a guess. I won't even try to uh, prognosticate what the future may hold. I'm just going to say, as I've said before, that we just have this level of incivility, this this distaste for one another as Americans and to see it play itself out like this on Independence Day is kind of hard for me to deal with. Just got to be honest with you. It's kind of hard to really either rationalize, to understand, or even explain where we are emotionally as a country. It just seems like we are so angry about everything and everyone and there's the only way only way that we can be happy is to be unhappy but i will say this in the hours that i've had to be able to sit and emotionally deal with wrestle with and even pray about what happened in highland park illinois i'm once again reminded that i need to be more active in my situational awareness when i go out in public it used to be we thought like, well, you know, if it happens where you are, there's not a lot you can do as far as a mass shooting is concerned. And that's just maybe wrong place, wrong time. There's not a lot you can do to prepare for it. And then I had to remind myself the first rule of self-defense is just being aware of your surroundings. Is something like Illinois going to change how I live my life from day to day? Absolutely not. If I feel the desire to go to, let's say, a Dodger game or to a, a parade or just to maybe the Hollywood Bowl or some sort of public gathering in which there are a thousand people or more, I'm going to do that. But I'm not going to do that and also disregard the moment in which we live. I'm not going to do that and act like it could not happen where I am at that moment at that particular time. Because I think if anything in which we should have known or come to know at this point is that it is indiscriminate in nature. It does not matter where you are. It does not matter who you are. It does not matter your economic strata. It does not matter your ethnicity. It does not matter where you live. You can be a victim of a mass shooting at any time, anywhere. When I say you, that includes your children. That includes where you worship. It includes where you hang out. If you should go to a bar or go to the movies, it does not matter. The only thing you can control is your level of awareness, possibly an escape route, and go from there. That's all you really can do. You can't necessarily even prepare for the, the circumstances in which it may unfold. You know, you could have gone to that parade route today, 
and said, what if there's a mass shooter, but then there's someone on a roof across the street, your options are limited. There are only so many things that you can do. But I think fundamentally it does, hopefully, and what I mean hopefully is, hopefully it inspires you to be more active and to be more serious about your surroundings whenever you go out. And that should have been rule of thumb even before this time in America. But now sometimes we need these real painful reminders. This is what it's got to be for every single one of us, regardless of where you are. It's not even a function of whether you have a gun. It has. It's more a function of whether you want to be at a place of greater disadvantage or less disadvantage. You just have to be aware. And there's just certain things that I just don't do anymore. Like, for example, I just don't go out to bars anymore. Maybe it's a function of just being, being older. And I don't, I don't want to go to a place where historically bad things may happen. You know, go out to a bar. You know, bad stuff usually happens at a bar, especially late at night. So I do curate where I go in a small sense. But as far as mass shootings go, I am more actively aware. And this is a discussion I do have with my family. It's like, hey, if you're going to go somewhere, just be aware. Just know what's going on. Know what's around you. Know if, if the crowd is getting so thick that you may not have the ability to run, to move, or there's a greater likelihood of there being a stampede. Those are the things that I actively think about all the time. And it's, it's sad. It's sad. Honestly, it's sad that we have to think about that here in America. But that's where we are. That's the reality of America in 2022, where a mass shooting could jump off anywhere at any time for any reason. Now, we can say that July 4th is, is there's a higher likelihood of a mass shooting or a terrorist act for the day being a target. But historically, that doesn't mean anything. That's not going to make any difference. You know, September 11th wasn't a holiday per se. These things, and I, I'm going to intentionally group terrorism with these mass shootings, which are a form of domestic terrorism. We have to look at them all the same. And if we're going to protect ourselves, I think part of it comes with just being able to be aware of our surroundings and situations. But I would not want you to change your path. I would not want you to change your plans. If you're going to go to a, a fireworks show tonight, I say go. I say go. I say, I say take the family. And we, I'm being told we have another press conference, so we're going to go to that right now. The department is still there. Anybody that's been separated or looking for family, they should be going there. That was a silver Honda Fit. Fit. Can you say it again, the whole rain and the, like, thing? Want to give him maybe sure. okay. a better job than you. His name is Robert. He goes by Bobby. Middle initial E is in Edward. Cremo, C-R-I-M-O, the third. Uh, he's 22, and again, he's believed to be driving a 2010 silver Honda Fit, Illinois license, DM80653. Okay, uh, about an hour, six o'clock, we'll be back up with more updates and we'll let you know how our apprehension efforts are going. Thank you. Where's the governor going to be? Six o'clock, we believe. That's a hundred. We just got quite an update from authorities there. Now, the first time. Very specific information there. They actually released the name of the suspect and also the car in which he allegedly is driving, Robert Cremo. I think I have this correctly C R I M O, the third. He's driving a 2010. 
Honda Fit, not that he would be driving in your area specifically, but I'm just giving you the information which was released by authorities. So from the last uh, press conference, which was about maybe 15, 20 minutes ago, I was saying like they're not going to release that information unless they know that information and they need help from you and me per se crowdsourcing information to get this guy or they know where he is and they won't release the information so they don't uh, tip it off that law enforcement knows who he is. So obviously this guy is in the win and they want the public, you and me, to be able to help. They're looking for Robert Cremo III, who is 22 years old. He's driving a 2010 Honda Fit. That's all we know at this point as far as who. We don't necessarily know the why. We don't know the what. We don't necessarily know. Well, put it this way. If they know the vehicle, they probably know the direction of the vehicles because of traffic lights, traffic cams, things of that nature. They're probably tracking any number him any number of ways. So they're probably closer to him than they will probably uh, let on. We'll continue to follow this story. As we get more information, they said they were going to have another press conference at 6 o'clock. I imagine that's Central Time, which is an hour from now. So we'll probably pick up that story at that point. And also, if there's something that should break in between time, the KFI 24-hour newsroom will have that for you. This is the John and Ken Show. I'm Mo Kelly. And for John and Ken, KFI AM 640, we're live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. When it comes to a thriving career, everyone could use a little support, especially when it comes to transitions. At LHH, we help every step of the way. We're committed to personalized support, insights, and resources that lead to more job opportunities than ever before. No matter what role a professional has in your organization, our services offer an experience that fits each person individually. And for organizations, LHH provides consultant support and guidance through the entire outplacement or career transition process, understanding the sensitivity and impact on your team. The world is full of new possibilities, and we help both organizations and individuals realize the possibility of what's next. It's outplacement reimagined. Visit LHHtalent.com. That's LHHtalent.com to get in touch with an outplacement consultant today because everyone and every organization could use a little support, especially when it comes to transitions. LHH, helping you every step of the way. Visit LHHtalent.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information live nation presents concert week now through may 14th get 25 tickets to over 5,000 shows that's up to 75 off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 savage alanis morissette cage the elephant celeste barber dirk spentley fade hootie and the blowfish janet jackson kids bop kids megan trainer bissell pluma sarah mclaughlin get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just 25 until now through may 14th Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.